If I had to name one person who has my idea of a dream life, I'd probably say my filmmaker friend Logan. He's a full-time creative who owns a dope studio where we recorded this episode. He has an amazing family that he travels the world with and documents his travels, whether he's in the mountains of Switzerland or on safari in Africa, literally arm's length away from a lion, or even just at home. My dude is living every day to the fullest and using his artistic talents to document the nonstop journey and connect with more people and make a lot of money, even better. So maybe you're wondering how. Logan credits his success to one main thing, spiritual work. Logan told me at one point he felt like he didn't even have a spirit, which led him to act reckless, make mistakes, but it forced him to get help. And he started understanding the spirit, what that means, how to get in touch with it, how to elevate it, how to connect with it. And it can help him and it can guide him. And through spiritual work, this guy is spreading light everywhere he goes and it's definitely impacted me. Fulfilled life starts with a fulfilled spirit and Logan explains how everyone, especially creatives, can get in touch with their spirit and elevate life higher than ever. Woo! I love this dude and I'm happy to call him a friend. Now let's get into it. You know, I, Dude, I think the same thing when I've been sh starting to slowly shoot some like video content. I'm like, what do I say? Like, hey, it's Logan or like you know who i am yeah like, right like, can i just like get into it sometimes like, that's the hardest part is like the takeoff and the landing you <laughs> so know what true. i mean like once you're into it you're just in it but like okay how do i get this show started exactly and then how do i land the plane and then it's like <laughs> if i'm thinking about how to get it started then i'm already awkwardly going into like the body of it because i've been thinking about the start of it right <laughs> it's just like, like why don't you just like jump right just, in yeah just go Whoa. it's been a really good test for me to I have to like really slow down my talking too because for whatever reason I would get into this rush like oh my god I have to spit out all this dialogue as fast as possible in this video and then I'm like why am I doing that why and it's, honestly it's like what we're accustomed to it's like instantly people see themselves in an Instagram frame and they're like I got to make it worth their time so they don't scroll past me let me just Yeah like I got to get it all out in at least like 30 seconds if not right. like 60 yeah, yeah and I tell people all the time like speak slower than you think you need to it's, and you're going to speak at the right tempo. Recording people's audio. Dude. It, do you ever get this where people are like, just roll. I'm good. I'm good on the fly. Yeah. Yeah. It's the worst. And then we you all know that. And they it's, forget their it's, name. It's the worst. It's the worst. I had, yeah. I'll never forget my buddy uh, when I went back to Oregon to shoot his uh, CrossFit video. And he was talking. He's like, I'll just, I'll just wing it. And in my head, I'm like, all right, you just do that. And we get like five minutes into it. And he's like, dude, this is hard. I'm like, yeah. You should have wrote something out <laughs> every <laughs> like, time. We would have been done 30 minutes ago Literally <laughs> like, every time. And this one time I had uh, this shoot where this one was speaking to a teleprompter. And like, that's kind of a new thing for me using a teleprompter because it's like, you know what? It is worth it. To just get the words out, knock it out. And then mm -hmm. like you're done instead of yeah. trying to remember it and then like pause. And then it's like, okay, well we like this version of this take better, but this version of this take, right. it's like just, if you can just read it off a teleprompter, get the it's, words out. And I feel like with a teleprompter, you know, maybe the first couple times it might be tough to have a little like personality in it mm -hmm. because somebody is just like reading it maybe for the first time. But after a few, I feel like most people can start to like get a little more comfortable with it. And they, then their, their, their essence kind of comes right. out a little bit Personality more. Personality comes out. Yeah. 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 That whole shoot was a big imposter syndrome moment for me. 
Honestly, here's the full story. I think this shoot was kind of downplayed so that I would accept like a lower budget. Okay. I'm going into it with this expectation of like, oh, it's very chill, it's very lax. It's just throw up a camera and a tripod, little softbox light, record some audio, easy peasy, we're out of there. So I show up to the set and I'm pulling into this parking garage and as I'm pulling in, I see this big group of people outside of this lobby. Uh -huh. I'm like, oh, what, what's going on over there? They must have some conference or something. <laughs> and I walk up with my camera on a tripod and they're like, oh, he's here. You're our videographer. I'm like, is it just you? No second shooter or anything? I'm, I'm the only one running the camera. Gotcha. And then that was all crew and talent. And I'm like, wait, what is this? <laughs> so I like I set up and I'm like, there's all these like producers and like assistants and people like monitoring and like they're hooking me up to this like big monitor. And... Um, <laughs> And uh, it was my first time using this teleprompter and they flew in this like world renowned doctor. Like it was, it was for, it was for this like medical training course. Mm -hmm. And this doctor did the research for the course that they based this whole thing on. Okay. So she's like, she's, she's hot stuff. Yeah. And she knew it. She, yeah. And like, she walks in and like, she's very clearly like, okay, where's my mark? Like, let's go. Like I have 30 minutes. Let's get this done. Yeah. Yeah. You know, whatever. I'm like, okay. And it was my first time using this teleprompter that I rented from, from some friends. And it didn't have like the black curtain. Yeah, for like, yeah, yeah. No. So it cut down on like the glare, I yeah. guess. And like yeah. they handed it to me and they didn't give me that. So I was like, oh, okay, this one just must not need it. And I tested it like at my place the night before. I was like, okay, it works. But I get there full lights and everything. Oh. I turn on the camera and the glare that was coming from the lights into the teleprompter. Oh, no. You right. couldn't see a and like they had me hooked up to this monitor out there and i saw that you couldn't <laughs> see anything i literally panicked i unhooked the, the cord cut the line and they're like hey can we get the feedback out here like the client's trying to view the the, the video and i'm like oh yeah just a second and i'm like trying to figure out how to cut down on this glare i literally i was wearing a button-down shirt i took the shirt mm. off and i'm like putting the shirt over well done man and um but it wasn't working and then i look like i look like an idiot like putting my shirt <laughs> over the camera literally i had such a panic moment where i was like we're in it like she's, yeah. she's got to go. Like she's like, what are yeah. we waiting for? Yeah. I'm like trying to figure something out. And just from like literally the grace of God, I turn around, there was a random binder sitting there. So I grab the binder, put it on top of the teleprompter. It perfectly Wait. cuts out the glare just enough. Yeah. If that binder was an inch narrower, there would have been still glare coming in. Oh my God. And so Funny like, how things work out like that. It just worked it should, out. Yeah. It just yeah. worked out. Yeah. yeah. Like what kind of imposter syndrome moments have you had? So early on, it was just straight up, am I a photographer? Like, yeah. like who am I kidding here? I'm, you know, I'm switching careers at 37. Uh, it's always been a hobby of mine. Of course, my friends and my wife are going to tell me like, oh, you take great photos. Like, of course. Mm -hmm. I was talking about this the other day with somebody. The struggle in the early days, you, you know this. It's like, okay, well, I can be a good artist, but can I actually make money doing it? Big difference. And then it's like, I'm trying to switch careers when I have a family and like responsibilities and, and bills and everything and potential kid on the way and a new house and this and that. So, you know, there was a lot of early days of like, First of all, can I do this? Can I make money? And then when I got into it, you know, you go through those phases of making those mistakes like that. And then you're then you do you you fall right back into that old version of yourself of just like, is this really me? Um, so how do you counteract that? How do you, how do you keep going? Therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Truthfully, it's part of it. I mean, I could I could keep pounding my head and grinding through it of 
of practicing the craft, which of course you have to do. We all know that you got to get good at your craft. But what is it truly that's causing you to have those thoughts come up that you aren't this person, that you can't move into this, this role, this, this new version of you, this uh, upgraded version, you know? So it's finding whatever work you have to do to release all those other thoughts that aren't serving you. That was a huge part for me. I, I don't know, you know, everybody's different. So it's really a matter of like self-belief, self-confidence, just... It is, but it's not, I think if you focus too much on finding the self-belief or finding the confidence, or I spent a lot of time maybe in the early days trying to find those things that I wanted to become or wanted to be instead of thinking about all the things that I had to let go of that was like anchoring me down and holding me back. I had to figure out what were the limiting beliefs that kept coming up, which was I'm not good enough. It, it's always rooted in I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough to be a photographer. I'm not good enough to to be a filmmaker. I'm not even going to call myself a filmmaker. Do you know how long it took me to get away from like, yeah, I kind of do some photography. I, I'm still a personal trainer. I, I kind of take some videos. <laughs> and then it became, yes, I, I do photography. I take pictures. And I'm kind of a videographer. Mm -hmm. Then it finally became... I am a professional photographer and I'm a videographer, but it wasn't until recently that I was like, I'm a filmmaker. But I knew that if I wanted to step into that version of myself of actually being a filmmaker, then I need to start calling myself that. Because mm. you have to already see the reality before it becomes reality. And so I knew I just had to start saying that I'm a filmmaker. You have to actually see the reality before it becomes a reality. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's your imagination. It's, it's what you want to become. You have to see it first. And, you know, people call it the law of attraction or part of manifestation or whatever term you want to call it. You have to truly see it and believe it or you're not going to become it. And I think the commitment to overcoming that uncomfortable feeling of like calling myself that mm -hmm. or whatever it might be for a creative to step into their next role. You have to commit yourself to figuring out how to overcome that feeling, not overcome becoming that version of yourself. So overcome like the insecurity. It's, yeah, it has, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then you also have to let go of the attachment to becoming that. It's a very tricky balance of, yes, I want to be that, but I'm a not attached to becoming that. Because mm -hmm. if you have the attachment, then you're only, for me, I was only gonna be focused on what the end product was. Like, oh my God, I have to be a documentary filmmaker, or mm -hmm. oh my God, I have to be this photographer that's booking X amount of gigs or, or whatever it might be. Instead of just looking at it like, I do want to become this, mm -hmm but I'm not attached to the idea of what that looks like. All I'm gonna care about is the process to get there. You hear it all the time. It's process over perfection, process over end result, whatever. Yeah. I had to really step back and just focus on the next thing. When somebody would ask me, well, who are you? I'm like, well, I'm Logan, I'm a dad, I'm Casey's husband, I'm a father, I, I am a boss, I'm a photographer. Mm -hmm. And then they were like, okay, so those are all identities, but who are you? I was How like, do you answer that? I was like, what do you mean? <laughs> and it was it was then that I realized I'm like, oh, I, I don't know. I don't know who I am on a deep soul, spiritual, energetic level. I know myself as a physical human being and these identities, 
So then you start to unravel. You have to unwrap that stuff. And so that was kind of what I was saying with it was unwrapping that that helped me become a better photographer, a better creator, a better artist, a better photographer, a better filmmaker, and allowing myself to get rid of that imposter syndrome also. Because if you know who you are, you never have imposter syndrome. So now that you've figured that out, when someone asks, who are you? How do you answer that on just a non-surface level answer? Because <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm it thinking, depends on who's asking well, me, quite honestly. Like, if someone asked me that, I would probably say answer similar to what you said. And now I, I'm wondering, like, wait, who am I? Man, people are going to think I'm really weird, John, listening to your podcast. No, like, this is really important. <laughs> I think this is a part of people's lives I that they, am, they never fully understand. And I, I so am important. an eternal spiritual being having a physical experience. Are we all? I believe so. So we exist spirit first and the physical reality is more just like an experience. But the spirit is, is the spirit eternal? Yes. I've never been born, therefore I can never die. I can leave this physical experience. I can leave this, this body, this little rental we have, and then that's it. The, yeah. After this experience, our spirit will go on to something else. Right now, we're just in a vessel. Yes. That is yeah. called Logan, that is called John, and yeah. we're doing this thing during this experience. Yeah. I think this is just a pit stop, this human experience. So does that give you some sort of like relief or levity to this life experience? Yeah. Like, you know, that's very freeing. Yeah. You lose it, it makes it much easier to detach from all of the things that aren't serving you, the things that really truly don't matter. It's much easier to lose attachments to the physical world, to this human experience, if you realize this isn't what it's all about. There's something bigger that's happening. So you pull back your perspective, you start to expand your consciousness, you start to realize, oh, we're not just human. So then there's something after this that's going to happen. So really what's happening here, it doesn't really in the whole big scheme of things matter. That's insane. So we never, our spirit is everlasting. Yeah. It never goes away. The human experience will go away at some point for yeah. our spirit. Yeah, totally. But yeah. then we move on to the next experience. Quite frankly, I kind of think whatever is after this is probably going to be way more interesting than what we're doing here. Like, oh, like, okay, I get to play with some cameras and make some <laughs> photographs and shoot some film and do that stuff. But like on a cosmic multidimensional level, okay, put it like this. We can't with our senses, our sight, hearing, touch, smell, 98% of what's going on around us, we can't experience. We're living in a three-dimensional world and there's multi-dimensions going on, so we can't experience that. So what if we leave this physical three-dimensional body and now we're experiencing the universe or whatever in a spiritual sense, multi-dimensionally? Like, let's say all of a sudden now we're experiencing it five-dimensionally. Like, what is that gonna be like? That's why I'm kind of like, well, you know, this is cool what we're doing here, but probably what's going on out there is way more cool. Does that allow you to keep a very like positive yes. mindset? It, it, it does. When you pull your perspective out and kind of try to look at what's actually going on here, it's not that I don't care, but I can detach from those things. Cause I don't, I, the, the world's not gonna change by we, we're just constantly pointing the fingers and telling people, well, you need to do this, you need to do this, you need to do this. Right. It's gonna change by my world changing internally and then sharing that with the next person mm -hmm. sharing showing hey this is how i became joyful and happy and detached from all of these things that are weighing you down would you like to know how to do that also
it's been proven that you can literally change the your DNA, the genetics by thought. So wow. why not take the choice to evolve and grow? You did a spiritual activation on me. It gave me a lot of understanding that my spirit exists within me as its own entity that knows something that I consciously don't. You, I mean, you nailed it. All the answers are within you. So it's learning how to tap into that. I think we tend to get very, very mental about things. Sitting in the mind all the time, it's easy to get wrapped up in the like, oh, I need to do this or I need to do that or I should be doing this or I should be doing that or this isn't going to sustain me. I got to figure out this. I got to do this. I got to do this. Mm -hmm. And then pretty soon you're kind of lost in the, the process a little bit instead of like mm -hmm. enjoying it. Yeah. And I think what for me in my personal experience was why the spiritual work was so great for me is it allows you to sit more in your heart more in your instincts, more in your gut. So then you're not expending a lot of energy in the mind and trying to logically get through life and logically get through this. You start to just trust what your next decision is gonna be because you know who you are, you trust yourself, you trust your gut, you trust your decisions. And that you, when you're not wasting that energy, that's when you get to see Logan. Well, he's always like joyful and happy and this and that because like I'm not expending a lot of energy on logic and mental and figuring it out. That's I just huge. get to expend a lot of my energy on being joyful and like having John Scotty in the studio. Like that's where my mind goes to now. My mind just gets to go to how can I make this the funnest day possible? People ask me, how did I do this career? What happened? And and truthfully, it I invested more time, money, and energy into my spiritual. I mean, and you know all the equipment I have here. Dude. I spent more gear. money on my spirituality work than I did on equipment. And that came back tenfold in revenue. It wow. wasn't all the cameras. Sure, the cameras are great. Like they help create stuff, but it was the spiritual work that allowed me to clear out everything that was gonna hold me back from being in this position. Like, how was I gonna get comfortable with saying, I'm gonna charge you $500 for a headshot? For one one shot, all you gotta do is come into the studio and it's gonna be $500. It took a while to get past that. And what helped me get past that was spiritual work, not like just constantly doing headshot after headshot after headshot. It was, this is my value, this is who I am, this is, I know I'm this good, and I'm gonna be secure in that, and I'm. this is my power, and I'm gonna say I'm $500. And then when people read that energy in you, they're like, well, yeah, Logan's worth $500. And once you know those things, once you step out of victimhood, and once you believe yourself and know yourself to be limitless, oh boy, John, watch out. Like, unlocked. You, it, you're unlocked you're f for a while. And then it just becomes a study of yourself. Then it becomes like fine tuning it. And that's why the spiritual work was good for me and why I continue to do it because now it's fine tuning and continuing to level up. Because here's the thing, once you start down that path of limitless, well, it started with, oh, I'm gonna be a photographer. Okay, I have my one camera, awesome, cool. Uh, oh, now I'm buying a couple more cameras. Hold on, people are hiring me for more stuff. Oh. Imposter syndrome kicks in. Wait, I got to fix this. I got to get out of this. I got to do this. Oh, shit. Now I own my own studio. Oh, crap. I, I have clients coming in here that have expectations. I got to level up. I got to level up because you are on a fat. You it's explosion. You expand. You want to talk about manifestation skills? Get out of victimhood and limitless potential. Figure out how you're going to do those two things, whatever path that might be for you. You will manifest and create the life that you want so fast 
that you'll have to keep doing spiritual work because you just keep leveling up. If we are eternal spiritual beings, and that's what I believe, then everything manifested in the physical starts in the spiritual. It's like we go back to saying you have to imagine the reality before it becomes reality. I don't know if you read Joe Dispenza. I think we talked about it way back when a little bit. That and a bunch of his other books. But the the core of his theory, or not theory, but the core is a core of what he's trying to say, and the, what's been the core for a lot of years of manifestation and the law of attraction is you have to truly imagine the reality or it's not going to happen. You have to truly know that that reality can be created. So once you're able to actually do that, then that's when your manifestation skills become crazy. Like it's just so. That starts at a spiritual level, though. Mm-hmm. You have to be kind of in that quantum world of, of imagination and creation. And then how do you bring that into the physical world? The only way to understand that connection between spirit and physical is to do spiritual work. It's, it's a muscle just like anything else. Like, I'm, I'm not going to be in shape if I don't go to the gym and work out these muscles. Mm-hmm. I started to understand what I needed to study on a quantum level to create in the physical world. I have a long list of <laughs> questions, but nothing is going to top that last bit. So I want to cap it off right okay. there. What, what uh, a way to come full circle. Like, right. I don't even want to do a sign off. I'm just like, <laughs> that okay. was it. I can't top that. All right, cool. I'm good with that. Thank yeah. you, man. Thank no, you thank you for it. coming in. This has been, I, you got to come in more. I, I love your energy. You got to be hanging out in the studio with us. I want to. You're so close. So close. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. I mean, I literally have so many questions I didn't even get to. <laughs> so I think we got to do a part two very soon. All right. Yeah, let's do it then. Awesome, man. All thank right, you man. for your time. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Boom. We did that. That was fun. That was awesome. That was really fun.